Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Hey, so welcome um, to our year of talk. Every year at Ivy, we do something where I get away and pray and ask the Lord, is there going to be a word that you'd give us that will help to navigate the year ahead and our future together as a church? And we've had the year of multiplication. We've had the year of stretching. We've had the, just had the year of blessing. We had the year of rebuilding coming out of covid All these times, so often, they've been prophetic. They've been really been the word of the Lord that's helped us and shaped us. And so I go away and spend some time in prayer. And this is actually the first time that we got one so early. It seemed like in October, God really spoke quite clearly to me about what it's going to be the year of. And so I want to introduce that to you today, that for us here at Ivy, 2024 will be the year of... Transformation. Yeah, so high five somebody or clap where you are and cheer and thank God um, that we've had such an amazing year of blessing. And somebody said, Count your blessings one by one, you'll be amazed what God has done and after so many hard years I have to say yeah there's always ups and downs but when I look back I can see things differently if I count my blessings and last year I lost count and you're a blessing leading Ivy with with an amazing team of people paid and unpaid who make so many things happen as we reach out to the world in Jesus name is a great blessing we're blessed to be a blessing and I love this church so One more blessing for me is that I believe he spoke last year that word to me about this year so that now I am so thrilled that I really believe we're going to see some massive changes for the better this year in all kinds of ways in your life and mine as a community. It's the year of transformation and the Cambridge Dictionary says transformation is a complete change in someone or something in order to improve it or make something else and I've realized by now there are always things that I need to improve or change there's always room for improvement in my thinking my relationships my finances my health physically emotionally mentally and spiritually even though they might be good there are changes that I can make but there are transformations only God can do transformation is such a huge concept it's going to take our whole year and we've got so much to learn about how God changes us so that we can change the world and I've been getting so excited about this even throughout Christmas I love Christmas but I kept getting more excited about this about what God is going to do in us and through us at Ivy and I already know some of what we're going to be introducing and where we're going to be going together in the weeks and the months and the year ahead because the Lord has given us this word and it's a promise that changes everything because God can change anyone no matter what's going on in your life right now that is the promise 
Our theme verse for 2024 is going to be Romans 12, verse 2. It's a memory verse. We can start with this week. I don't know if you've ever memorised anything out of the Bible, but we're going to keep coming back to it over and over in the next couple of weeks. It's so powerful to meditate on, to memorise God's word. It's just one very powerful way God transforms us. And this verse is powerful because it describes two ways you can change in 2024. An amazing result of it as well. So you can change for better or for worse. In fact, the verse takes it the other way around because the world wants to change you all the time, to press you into its mould as one translation of this verse describes it. The world is constantly pushing and pulling and shaping you and me by what we see and hear, what we focus on, what, what it wants us to value, what we pay attention to, what, what we worship really is shown by all those things. Media, memes and messages on our phones are becoming ever more powerful to shape your mind. Neurologically, our brains are changing. Habits are forming new neural pathways. A lot of that change is for the worse. Not just in terms of content, but we're seeing shorter attention spans, less willpower, less critical thinking, less ability to discuss two sides of any argument. Consuming, not creating, greed, not good. That's the world's way of changing us, and we see it affecting every generation globally. That's why a great first step, new habit, to change and rewire your brain is to read and meditate on scripture. Bible memorization is getting the truth in there, in me. And the way you start a habit so it will stick is you make it easy, you make it visible, and you make it repeated over and over until it's just part of the new you. It becomes automatic. You make it easy, visible, and repeated. That's how habits are created for good or ill. There's been so much work done of how habits form and how our habits form us in recent years by thinkers like Daniel Kahneman, Charles Duhigg, and James Clear. And I'm fascinated by their work. But like anything that's good and true, we're going to see how the Bible already got there first because God knew it anyway. He knows all about us. Like in our memory verse from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. See, God made you and he knows you. Scripture says he knows how we're made and how we are formed so he can help us change and be transformed from glory to glory. Wouldn't that be fantastic this year if we were transformed by God, by cooperating with the Holy Spirit as our guide, the Bible as our training manual, which the Apostle Paul said it is to train us, not for physical exercise, which he said has some value, but to live godly lives, lives for God. That's the best way to live, and it's the only way to live forever. Not just to be a better woman, but to be a woman of God, which is way better. Not just to be a better man, but to be a man of God, which is way better. He will transform us. So, how does it work? Okay, it's not about trying harder. It's about training smarter. I remember when I was younger, I went to the gym, and I was one of those guys who pretty much did bench press and curls. The heavier, the better. But you know what? All that grunting and groaning got me over time. Injured and with skinny legs. Eventually, I realised I had to learn to train smarter, not harder. And it's true in our spiritual lives too. As disciples, we have to follow certain disciplines, the disciplines of disciples. And if we do that over time, we'll see different results across every area of our lives. Your health and wealth, your relationships with others and with God and how you think about yourself. 
how you act and react when troubles come along in life. It can all be transformed. Things like how you start your day will make a huge difference about how you experience the rest of that day. And how you finish that day will massively affect how you sleep. And that will be one of the most important knock-on factors in your whole week because we're now a week into a new year. And we don't experience life in years though, do we? It comes to us in moments when we make decisions consciously or we live by our habits unconsciously. And that's what's going on right now. So either make your life miserable or joyful, stressful or peaceful. So I'll get there. Romans 12.2 is going to be our memory verse for this week and our theme verse for this year. How about you write it down and you make it visible so you repeatedly look at it in various places this week. We're going to give you a card on it as well and you can read it aloud repeatedly through the day, every day. Start with it as the first thing you look at and think about in the morning instead of the phone and the news. Start every day focused on good news from the Bible and that's going to make so many transformations this year and this is just one verse so it's what you can call a micro habit or an atomic habit because something small but powerful can have a massive effect and God's word has astonishing transformational power so let's read it aloud together Romans 12 verse 2 do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Romans 12, verse 2, NIV. That's the New International Version. Remember the address at the beginning and the end so you can find it more easily. I know you're not going to get it just like that. We're going to repeat it. But what's it saying? Chew over it. Meditate on it as you memorise it. Because in 2024, you're either going to be conformed or transformed. God wants you and me to be world changers and that will never happen if we just let the world change us. There's all kinds of identity crises going on in the world right now. It's, it's such mind-blowing confusion for everybody. And you can't build your identity, who you are and what you're meant to do that way because it's just so fragmented, it's ever-changing. But God says your identity is unique. There's nobody else like you on the planet. The master created you as a one-off masterpiece. Out of eight billion people on the planet now, out of everybody who ever lived throughout the whole of history, your fingerprints, how you walk, how you talk, how your heart beats, they're all absolutely wonderfully unique. Now the world wants to reduce your wondrous complexity into its tiny boxes and call that inclusivity. But that man-made label or identity marker doesn't make you special. It can't. But God already did make you special because you are an exclusive. You're a one-off. This truth says don't listen to the world's lies so you won't define yourself according to its standards anymore. Don't let it fashion you. Let God transform you. God says, I want you to know me. And when you do, I want to show you that you are unique. You don't need to copy the world or anybody or anything else in it. You don't need to conform to that. It's not just you be you, it's you be who I made you to be. But he says here, you won't find out my good, pleasing, perfect purpose and plans for you while you're still trying to be conformed or while you're giving in to the pressure of anybody else's idea of opinion of what you should be or what you should do or what you should think. So say it again with me, Romans 12 verse two. Do not conform 
to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Say it out loud. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Romans 12 verse 2, NIV. Now that's talking about how you think and behave now and it's going to affect your future. If you let God transform your mind, that will transform this year. See, what I do today, this week, is going to change for better or worse and that's changing my future. Will I find and follow God's amazing plan and live out those possibilities and my potential that are unique to who he made me to be or just be like most people who won't? So we're going to introduce some ideas today and in the weeks ahead, some practices that involve daily decisions that shape our habits, that change our lives. Because this is all about the future as God creates your future one day at a time to release your potential and divinely designed possibilities. But before we get into the practices, the habits we form that form us, we have to think about motivation because that's really key. That's the missing factor in habit formation. It's the one that most of us fall down on really, isn't it? Motivation. It's the reason this week my gym will be full, but in three months there'll still be 16% of the population paying their gym membership, but a lot less than that actually go into the gym. The only thing getting lighter is their bank balance. The problem was motivation. See, they had a desire, an idea, maybe to lose some weight after Christmas. And for a few weeks, they put the kit bag where they could see it and booked a class in advance, told a few friends that they were joining a gym. All those things are really positive and scientifically proven to increase the likelihood of success. Make it easy, not hard. Make it visual. Do it socially with others. But while the goal was not clear, it wasn't very good. See, it wasn't measurable. So therefore, it isn't long-term motivational. Lose some weight. Okay, well, how much? By when? What for? See, contrast that. We all know people who said, I'm going to lose two stone before my daughter's wedding. And as they told people that, and they kept on doing what they shouldn't do, and stopped doing what they knew they shouldn't do over time, and did the right things, their body changed. It didn't happen in a day. You can't get fit by trying to work out for six hours tomorrow. It most likely kills us. But in my book, The Man You Were Made To Be, I look at how to have a fitness plan in one of the first chapters in the book. And I put that in because all the systems are linked. Physical health links to mental, emotional, social, spiritual health. Breakdown in one affects all the others over time. Improve one and all boats rise with the tide, as the saying goes. An author called James Clear wrote in his brilliant book, Atomic Habits, how the little things really compound over time into massive results for better or worse with regard to exercise, money, diet. The key quote from that is this. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. See, I think that's spiritual too. Who do you want to be? Better question, who does God want you to be this year? What's your new identity in Christ that you're meant to live out of? Because he says, if you follow him, you will transform into that new creation. So what's my goal for transformation, relationally, spiritually, physically, career-wise? 
Where do you want to go and the difference you want to make in life for God while he gives you time to do so? Well, don't just be conformed to the world's patterns, thoughts or ideas for you about that. Get before God, talk with him, and then set some God-given goals. I've done this so often in my life. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. You know, there's all these resolutions that people make. You might have made them this year yourself. I don't know about you, but resolutions rarely work for me. In fact, surveys show that by January 17th, most people have forgotten what resolutions they made. How are you doing? But God-given goals are different and unique between you and God. And now is a great time to do this. As the year just opens up, maybe fast a meal or a day and pray. Get somewhere alone, quiet with God and invite him to speak. He will. Don't live another year by default. You can live by divine design. And write it down. Yes, pen and paper. Write some big, only God could possibly do it, goals for this year. About your future with regard to transforming your family, friendships, finances, fitness, faithfulness to him. Those would be some great starter headlines. You think of some others. There's been times I've looked back years later, I found a, a list I made maybe five years before where I, I wrote down some pretty outlandish things in regard to places that I could go, an influence that I'd have and the difference my life could make serving others. One time I found this long list in an old journal and I looked through and I started to think, why have I written down all these things that I've already done? And then I realised every item was once just a God-given dream, a God-given goal. But Ephesians 3.20 says he's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. How can that happen if I never imagine it? See, when I wrote the list, as I was writing them, I know sometimes a little voice of the accuser comes along as I'm writing that and says, well, well, that's just you being a big head. Saying you want to write a book or do a TV series or go to be in 10 Downing Street. Who do you think you are? That voice keeps you playing life small. But the big question, the real question when you do this is not who do I think I am, it's who do I think God is? Do I really think God could take a lad off a council estate in Manchester who left Tommy Moore's school at 16 and have him teach leaders from every field internationally? Yes, I believe in that God. Because he uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways when they believe him and ask him to do it. Not according to my own ability, but his power at work in me. Right, 2024, believe in a big God. Because the size of your God determines the size of your goal. And the only limitation on God working in our lives is our unbelief. So in 2024, January, this week, I challenge you, on his behalf, I dare you, test this, do it. Because God wants to share with you some goals, some God-given goals. Where could you learn? Where could you start? Where, you, where could you go? Who could you help? When you stop the lies that you're not old enough or you're not young enough or you're not good enough and believe God's supernatural power is enough. So look at what the Apostle Paul wrote about how he saw and planned his life now. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, he says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining to a towards what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
He's saying, I know I'm not there yet. I'm not everything God wants me to be. And I've not done everything God wants me to do. Anybody else ready to admit that? I haven't reached those God-given goals. But rather than look in somebody else's lane or look back and dwell on the past, I will keep moving forward. One step forward towards the goal. I'm not going to get diverted because this is what God made me for. And one day I'm going to win the prize. That prize is waiting at the end of my life or when Jesus returns, whatever sooner. But rather than put that as the deadline, the end of the line when I'm dead, I put a date now on my God-given goals that keep me moving forward in my destiny because those goals keep bringing me closer and closer to God to know and obey him more and more. So, What's a habit that helps as I wrap up today? There's going to be more on this next week, but what would your relationship with God look like a month from now if you set the goal to get before God and before everything else starts to happen in your day in his presence, you read a Bible reading plan on your phone or on paper. You live life before God every day. Could be a chapter of the Gospels every day. Maybe first thing in the morning. If you're just getting started or getting back into the Bible because you... Before you have any physical food, you get the spiritual food. How would your connection to church and your relationships to living out what you hear in real life look different if you joined a grow group and maybe a serving team and participated as much as you could here at Ivy so you were in community every week? And how could your world change by the start of 2025 if this year you decided, I'm going to put God first in every plan and decision because you live on mission 24-7 in 2024. The first three letters of those phrases, before God daily, in community weekly, on mission 24-7, form the word B-I-O, bio. That's something you're going to hear a lot more about this year because the word bio is a Greek word meaning life. You know, we say biology, biography. The habits of your life are forming your life and these three habits are the way God transforms your life as a disciple of Jesus. Bio, B-I-O, shows us how to live as somebody who's an authentic disciple of Jesus. How you get the life of Christ in us and this supernatural community that's all about him, all about Jesus. Bio creates a biosphere, an environment for growth and a set of habits that can make the difference between success and failure on the pathway to discipleship to reach those God-given goals. So let me recap and then we're going to pray. I'm inviting you now in this year of transformation on God's behalf to come before him and dream some big dreams. Set some God-given goals for this year that will transform this year if you do that. Just to live by divine design. Then that plan, his good and pleasing and perfect will, you're going to work it out according to the bio process for an increasingly transformed life. Be before God. Will you commit today to meet with him personally through his word and prayer over and over throughout the day to enjoy his presence, receive his direction and follow his will. Put that memory scripture somewhere and meditate on it. Repeat it over and over every day this week. I... You're going to live in community the way God wants you to, to personally connect in secure relationships that provide love, support, transparency, challenge and accountability. It's really important for your spiritual life 
for you to connect to church on Sundays and hear what God says, but perhaps even more important to be in community in the week with a small group, a few others, a three maybe, a, a 12, and have actually do this. Check out the website, join a grow group, or do one of our courses like Knowing, Growing, Going, the Discipleship Pathway or Freedom in Christ. That's going to set you up this year for a, a life less ordinary. B-I-O, on mission, 24-7. At the start of this year, will you tell God, as we pray now, I'm all in for you. I'm ready to be used by you more than ever. I want to partner with you in the church so that we live out in the world your love through acts of service and sacrifice and supernatural power that point them to know you too. Amen. Amen.